Have you ever watched those classic rom-coms, you know, like Love Actually or Crazy Stupid Love, where someone's dating someone and it turns out they're like your friend's ex's best friend who's also an ex of a cousin and your parent's best friend's kid and everyone's connected somehow and you're like, whoa, I'm spiraling, how is everything connected? And then you remember it's just a movie and this shit doesn't happen in real life. Well, 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 my friend. Turns out it's a small world after all, even in Australia's biggest cities. I had gone on a few dates with a guy. It turns out that one of my girlfriends had also dated him prior to that. But a few months later, we were at a pub and the guy was there. Then um, my friend's friend arrives, sees the guy and tells us that she has also been dating him recently and it just ended. That's Laura from Melbourne. And according to a lot of you, when it comes to dating... Everyone seems to be connected to everyone somehow. Maybe you're dating someone and realise they've been with people who've been with your exes or your family or friends. It can make you feel really awkward, especially if you're living in a small town or community that makes it kind of hard to hide. Nat Tenchich here, and in this episode, we'll find out how to deal if your dating pool is super small and you've tried every available option, and also how to work through those feelings of awkwardness if you're seeing someone who's slept with people you know. Honestly, some of the stories you're going to hear in this episode could be turned into rom-coms. It's crazy to think that even in our cities with millions of people, this stuff actually happens. Actually, it was a hookup listener, Chris, who emailed us asking us to do this as a topic. He said, I live in Melbourne, broke up with my ex in December 2019, dated a guy for six months, about two months after, started dating my current partner between lockdowns this year. And the catch is my ex is the last person my current partner slept with. And crazier still, the guy I was seeing earlier is now dating my ex. Maybe this is just a one-off. Anyway, it's a small world. And it turns out Chris is not alone. Eddie from Albury has a pretty interesting story. I've been living in Albury for a couple of years and the dating scene here can be a bit of a struggle, but this actually happened to me as a teenager in Sydney. So I'd been hooking up with this guy and he came over to my place and as he was leaving, he mentioned to me, oh, I feel like I've been here before. Um, I put two and two together and realised that he had already slept with my brother. I made a quip along those lines and he replied, Oh, don't worry, you were better. Uh, Funnily enough, a couple years later, I was at a Mardi Gras party dancing with my brother and his boyfriend and our mutual hookup was behind us. Um, I saw my brother look around and quickly avert his eyes. By this point, I was pretty tipsy, so I joked, oh, apparently I was better. Uh, To his credit, though, my brother did pay me back. He gave a speech at my 21st and in front of all of my friends and family, declared, Eddie and I share a lot in common. Let's just say a yard glass wasn't long enough to get through that story. Lauren, Cooler Nation, Melbourne, how is your dating world weirdly small? I had gone on a few dates with a guy. Um, It didn't go anywhere. Um, It turns out that one of my girlfriends had also dated him prior to that. But a few months later, we were at a pub and the guy was there. Then um, my friend's friend arrives, sees the guy and tells us that she has also been dating him recently and it just ended. So 
We ended up the three of us all sitting there having a drink together with the poor guy on the opposite side of the room, just trying to avoid eye contact with us, I think. <laughs> How did you feel like the three of you realising that you'd all kind of, I guess, trod on the same ground? I know. It's a little bit strange, but yeah, I think it was worse for him actually. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess in Melbourne, like you'd be thinking that you're not going to be running into the, like running into those sorts of issues or like coming across the same people all the time. Does this sort of thing happen to you a lot? <laughs> I think it does. Like it's actually well, quite a small place really mm. on the online dating scene, at least. Um, there's always kind of someone who's spoken to someone online before you've dated them or bits and pieces like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Laura, thank you so much for sharing. Um, that's a real, just a hectic one. But Zoe in Ghana country, Adelaide. Um, so you've got a lot in common with the girl? Yeah, so I, I dated this guy for a bit and then, you know, things ended, whatever, and this other girl started dating him and I was like, oh, cool, like we look kind of similar, whatever. And then I, I dated this guy who was my first boyfriend and then I found out that that girl who dated the first boy had also dated my boyfriend and then we broke up and then she started seeing one of my like friends sort of like we kind of knew each other and then they broke up and then he messaged me and then we went on a date surfing and hit it off and now he's my boyfriend so now we have three exes in common which is very cool and fun Oh, wow. Uh, Adelaide's a bit too small for my liking. Yeah, I was going to say, like, tell me about the dating scene in Adelaide because it really does seem like a a small world. Yeah, look, I mean, if you frequent pubs at all, you're going to see the same faces every every Saturday night or every Wednesday night at the Cranker. Like, it's it's a bit too too close to home, but that's okay. I'm sure she's a cool person. We seem to have a lot in common. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Zoe, how how do you deal? Like, do you, um, you know, use dating apps and and jump online to try and find people sort of outside your circle? Yeah, well, all of the three men that we both have in common, I hadn't actually met any of them on a dating app, just, you know, in real life. But yeah, I I used to use Tinder a lot, but um, you see too many faces at the pub that you've matched with so I just sort of shut that down uh, don't want don't want another situation like this to happen um Ash you're also in Adelaide so can you can you back Zoe up here is it uh slim pickings yeah yes um I think the only thing smaller than just Adelaide generally is like church communities in Adelaide um oh. yeah so I grew up in churches and then I went to a Christian school and everyone that went to school went to the same couple of churches. And then once we kind of got to an age where we were like going to youth group and stuff, everyone started like commingling and dating each other. But then once they break up, they just kind of like pretend that it didn't happen because they'd end up dating each other's like close friends. Oh, and then that would just awkward. continue. Yeah, very, very interesting. Okay, I can relate to these stories. I have a big habit of making my dating pool kind of small. I don't use the apps. I meet people through, I guess, my old community radio days, through my friendship groups, even hooking up with people within my friendship groups. But it's okay. It worked out. I'm going nearly two years strong, so I'm pretty happy. But it definitely can be awkward. It certainly was for a little bit at the start. 
So why does this happen? Even if you're in a big city and there's so many people and maybe on all of the apps, why can you end up dating in circles with all the same kinds of people? Dating coach Sharam Namdarian says it comes down to what we're used to. Like if we're used to seeing, if we're used to only integrating with our friends and stuff like that, of course we're going to be uh, integrating with sexually with the, the same people, if that makes sense. Like there's one thing that I have a rule when it comes to dating when I'm teaching people about this stuff is that we get what we are used to. So if you are used to certain, like if you're familiar with certain interactions, it's going to happen. So if you date people who are also familiar with that interaction, which tends to be the case, then that's going to be like the uh, like the flow-on effect, if that makes sense. Sharam, do you think this is kind of inevitable in a lot of Australian places? Like, because we do, you know, we do have so many, only so many degrees of separation, I think, before you know somebody who knows someone you know, you know? Well, yes and no. So, like, in bigger cities like Melbourne, like, you know, it comes down to, I guess, the person, like what they choose. In smaller, in smaller towns and, yeah, like, that is going to be an inevitability and it's, if that's something that you are kind of stuck with, if you are chosen to be like, look, I'm a small town person or I like my social group, I want this to be the case, there's a certain level of comfortability with that that'll help you through that. So so what are some strategies you would suggest to um, open up your dating pool a little bit to um, maybe try and get away from some of these awkward encounters? There's a great new dating app. It's called Outside. And uh, <laughs> but what, what I mean by that is very much like, becoming more used to meeting people in any any situation like you're in a cafe there's someone ordering coffee as well striking up a conversation with that person helps you become more climatized to meeting more people in other situations and then suddenly it's not a big deal because maybe you've new, made new friends in a grocery store or a, or a cafe maybe they know people and maybe those people know people and maybe you get invited to a party and it's like a domino effect where one smaller domino ends up leading onto a bigger domino and a bigger domino and I think like with all the dating apps out there trying to tell us that like, oh, you want to meet people, you better jump on our app. We're starting to neglect just the, the, the raw happenstance that is the entire wide world out there. Sometimes, sometimes it's a situation and sometimes it's us just not being comfortable with new situations. Well, sometimes you might find yourself in a situation where it's a small world because your ex is part of your really tight-knit friendship group, which, you know... That alone can be really hard to deal with. But what if your ex starts dating your good friend in the group as well? That's what happened to Rosie. So I'm just going to name them Jack and Jill, (laughs) just to make it a bit easier. So Jack, my ex, and Jill, the friend that is dating the ex now. So we had a small gathering when it was socially okay. And... My friend actually initiated a chat with Jill, just just letting her, it wasn't any bitchy attack or anything. It was just basically saying, you need to let me know. Yeah, so and how did that conversation of, go? Well, um, it actually went well. Like, I think Jill was just quite scared to talk to me, obviously, and I was like, I totally get that. Like, like going, oh, by the way, I'm dating your ex. Like, it's like so awkward. But we just kind of exchanged texts and it, it was fine. Like, I was very friendly about it. I didn't want to make them feel any worse. But, yeah, since lockdown 2.0, I've realised that I'm, like, not okay with it. Like, I don't, I, I don't mind that they're together. Like, I don't want to get in the way of two people it does kind of get on my nerves a bit. Like, it's just so, like, so much baggage, like having your ex dating a friend in the same friendship group. It's just like, I can't bloody move on. Yeah. Well, how has everyone else in the friendship group taken this? Well, initially, like, 
because everyone's friends it's so like sticky the situation Mm. (laughs) um so I confided in like two of my closest friends and it's the friendship group. I don't know, maybe about 10 people, I guess. We've all like said, we don't want to take sides. Like, and that's the, the, the hard thing about going through a breakup when you're both in the same friendship group is not wanting to divide the group. It, it doesn't make anyone feel better. So I've made a real effort actually to be, I guess, kind of friends with him, like trying just to not have any bad blood in group situations because it's just not a safe place to be. Um, when you're constantly on edge like how do you feel about rebounding like have you thought about kind of (laughs) spending a bit of time outside of the group and and spreading your spreading your wings a little I am so excited to start doing that once like because like obviously uni exams things like that like once once it's a bit safer to go out things like that I'm totally going to try that (laughs) so I guess what you need really need help with is being amongst this situation because you don't want to leave your friendship group I'm guessing no no especially like I haven't had any chance to socialize this year as well is your is your friendship group like is it the type of group where people will will intradate a lot or, or the kinds of group where like do you feel like it could happen again totally funnily funnily enough Jill's best friend actually dated my ex before my recent ex as well right um, <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like my closest friends, like I've got a really close guy friend in the group and I, I've, we've kind of made it pretty clear that it's it's very platonic because I just, I don't want to do that again. Like I personally, I would I would really try to not date in the friendship group again just because like it used to be such a safe place um, and now it's just kind of like awkward and a bit, I don't know, tricky, like feelings are kind of tense at times. Yeah, I suppose for your own sanity, it might be it might be worth kind of drawing those boundaries. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I'm like, I'm never doing this. <laughs> I say that, but like, <laughs> I'm not saying no, but I'm pretty 90, 90% sure that I won't do that again. Yeah, I have very much like similar experience to you and I have like got a rule with myself now, like, because I've yep. stuck my dick in the group too many times. So it's like, don't stick your dick in the group anymore. It's just <laughs> not healthy. So <laughs> you should put that on like a tote bag or something. Right? Don't stick your dick in the group. <laughs> yeah. It never ends well. <laughs> okay, I lied. It can end well sometimes. I mean, it did for me. But for people who are in a similar situation to Rosie, it can be really hard to deal with those feelings of awkwardness. I mean, especially when you don't want to break up the group. So how can you deal? Clinical psychologist Gemma Cribb says it's all about handling these kinds of situations respectfully. Look, Rosie herself sounds pretty well balanced. So if the rest of the crew are similarly mature minded, there's no problem moving from a friendship into a relationship and a relationship back to a friendship. It's it's a matter of boundaries and just making sure everyone's clear about how to make everybody feel comfortable and that they respect the comfort of everybody. Rosie herself sounds like she's um, freaking out a little, but that might be more of a product of the lockdown and, and her not having enough kind of contact with, with the crew to get used to it in real life. Uh, you know, I know lockdown's been tricky for lots of people, mm. but it gives you lots of time in your head to make up fantasies of what could go down and what could be awkward. So 
um, it could well be that she deals with it better in real life than um, she's imagining. Yeah, and she won't know until she tries it out. That's absolutely true because sometimes these things can uh, work out. Um, But there is definitely an awkwardness to it, Jim. I I guess what I want to ask is, like, what's going on on a psychological level? Like, why do we find these connections and mutual exes and things like this? Like, why do we get this awkward reaction to it? So the first uh, part of it is actually about brain chemistry and attachment. So if you're really newly out of a romantic relationship, your brain chemistry is all mucked up and you're going almost through a withdrawal from that person. So, you know, anyone who's ever been broken up um, suddenly from someone you know, you think about them all the time and you're really emotional and you you crave contact with that person and, and that's why lots of people kind of have that sort of dripping out type of end of a relationship where it sort of you go on and off and on and off and on and off. So on a, on a biochemical level it can be tricky um, just as you're getting over that relationship breakup. But also on a social level, you know, the intimacy, not just sexual intimacy but emotional intimacy and what you rely on um, a partner for is different to what you rely on a friend or an acquaintance for. And transitioning from high intimacy and, and high reliance into something that's a little bit more distance can feel awkward and and there's often a lot of um, blurred boundaries and a lot of missteps in that process to developing a friendship after a dating relationship, but totally and entirely possible. And even more awkward when you can't get some distance from that person and (laughs) they're still in the friendship group. Yeah, although um, because that awkwardness is largely an anxiety phenomena, technically the more contact you have with that person, the more habituated you get. So, like, it'll be awkward at first and then usually what happens, particularly if it's been a healthy breakup, like Rosie's sounds like it was, is you'll just end up treating that person as a friend again and, and the new friendship relationship will overlay that old romantic relationship in your mind so it'll start to feel much more comfortable. Okay, so for a lot of us, we might be in small friendship groups or communities, like queer communities, and sometimes it can feel like small worlds and you might complain and be like, God, there's no one left to bone. But for some people who live in really small towns or regional areas, there's literally literally no one left a bone that's kind of the situation writer and illustrator molly hunt is in she's a balangara yol new woman who writes about her experiences dating in the kimberley and it isn't just small it's tiny and it makes dating a serious challenge you wouldn't think it's small but it's small for me because i grew up here i'm a local and it's a bit of a cliche but i'm indigenous and i'm related to most uh, well, both black people in this region. So that's hard. And right now I'm even in a smaller place. I'm in a small community. So think 300 people. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be dating anytime here soon. <laughs> I, would you would you say it's definitely hard to, to date as a black woman in the Kimberley? 
Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, the options is okay. Let's uh, let's branch out of my uh, mob and let's look for non-indigenous people. Sometimes that seems like the only option, and I'm okay with that. But it is challenging. Um, like right now, I'm in the community and I have Tinder. I've been swiping through Tinder, and all I see is like all my little brothers and sisters' teachers, like all these white teachers. <laughs> So I'm like, should I? Do I go there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so do you? So do you ever like see someone and you think, oh, they're hot, but like, what's the chance I'm related to them? Yeah, definitely. If they are indigenous, um, yeah. First thing first, I wouldn't make a move or initiate anything, only because I have to double check and, and like you don't know how close you are, how related you are. And I guess you can toss up the conversation once you find out. Okay. You're related, but how distant are you related? And then you have to make that choice. You know, do I really want to go down this path and all that sort of stuff? But yeah, if I always do that. If I if there's a black person, okay, am I related to this person? Ring my mom. How close are we related? Are we related? Can I even go there? And if they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, you could, but you might receive some backlash depending on how close you are. Nah, just no point in that. Like, give you an example. There was a, a boy a few years ago that I wanted to date. We weren't related by blood, but we were sort of related by tribes. So our tribes couldn't really date. Even today in the modern world, you know, we still have that strong connection of certain tribes that you can't really date each other. And you call that wrong way. Even though I was like, we're not related. Yes, it's the first black fellow I, have, I found that I'm not related. But then you're like, oh, no, you can't date. <laughs> That's wrong way because your tribe says so. Yeah. Does it, does it make things kind of lonely? Like, I, I don't know. I'm curious about whether it's like your preference to date someone who's also Indigenous. Like, does that really, do you, do you feel like you're missing out? Yeah, there are times, especially during this whole, you know, pandemic, I had to really reflect, okay, I'm lonely here. I've got no one to talk to. <laughs> but there are those times where I'm like, okay, I wish I had, you know, an Indigenous partner. It's just something about dating someone that comes from the same mob as you, same culture as you, you already have this initial connection. Okay, you're both black, you're both from here, you both have this understanding about culture, tradition and lifestyle and all that sort of stuff. So, But there are other times I'm like, you know what, you know, I can just get up and travel and I can just do whatever I want. Like, can you imagine if I had a partner with that? Oh, the consulting bit. No, I could not do that. <laughs> well, it's always good to, like, love yourself and be cool with being single. Um, we're talking about dating in a small world in all kinds of ways, um, and we've been talking about friendship groups and, um, you know, like someone's ex dating your best friend and you're all in the same group. And I, I guess, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's too much to draw a little bit of a line to some of that I guess what's allowed or not allowed in a tribal sense as well. But like, do you, how, like, how do you kind of navigate those kind of unspoken rules about people's exes or friends and, you know, who's not allowed to date whom? Like, is there a lot of that too? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Normally when it comes to, I think personally, the people I've known in the family and the community I grew up, if someone or a cousin has already dated someone that you've been go like you went out with there has to be some level of respect there so if that person dated that person it's like all right you have to kind of judge that but funny enough I actually had a conversation with a cousin of mine when we were a bit younger like just earlier in our adulthood we were talking a bit about people that we sort of dated here in the region and then we realized that we <laughs> we actually dated the same people and we never really <laughs> talked about it <laughs> and so, like even those things just like oh my gosh can't believe we 
we dated the same people. We never really talked about that sort of stuff. Molly, what advice do you have for um, people in a similar situation to you, um, First Nations people who are living, um, you know, particularly, I guess, in small communities? What sort of dating advice can you um, offer? Um, I guess number one, always do your research. And especially when it comes to dating in small towns, small communities, don't rush it. I feel like sometimes it's you're not going anywhere. You both know the same people. Um, you both, you know, have a very similar lifestyle. You know each other. You know each other's family. But research, number one is research because, uh, you know, you just don't want it to backlash in the end. So research and, yeah, take it slow and take your time. It's also really hard dating in small towns, especially if you're not straight. Sam in the Blue Mountains has done all of Tinder, all of Grinder. Lol, Karen of Brighton. Um, yeah, it's a pretty small world out there. Um, I mean, <laughs> After all. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm a gay guy living in the uh, Blue Mountains, and I've probably dated or slept with every guy within probably a 40-kilometer radius. That's plus or minus 10 years of my age. Wow. So what do you so, do then? You just, just kind of like shrug, like, what do? What do? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit, but, you know, we get a few travellers up from the city on the weekend, so you do get, do get to go on a few dates here and there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really nice. Do you, is there a way that, like, you can get your dating apps to, to ping you and somebody that you haven't swiped already is, has entered your, your radius? <laughs> um, no, not really. Just, <laughs> I don't know. You, even when you just open them and, like, if someone new comes up, it's like, oh, someone new. Yes. Like, fresh and exciting. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting a new update. What what happens like kind of generally for you though, Sam? Like you just kind of more chill with being like dating in a more slow sort of space, like slow level? Yeah, slow pace. pretty much. I'm pretty happy with my life and myself and you, know, you can't love someone else without loving yourself first. So, yes. you know, I just take it as it comes. Yes, 100%. If it happens, it happens. I think we can all live by your wisdom, Sam. Thank you so much. And Lily in Toowoomba, has it been a similar situation for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, Just sort of knowing everyone that's sort of gay that's your age or dating them and then going, oh, no, your best friend, okay, dated her too. Um, (laughs) Yeah, everyone knowing everyone and you sort of go to one party and then everyone you've ever slept with or known is there or any girl that you want to sort of date goes, oh, yeah, like, I know that girl. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it discouraging or, like, how, how does it make you feel trying to date? Um, it is discouraging at times because it just, the general vibe is just that, oh, uh, there's not really anyone for you to date. It's such a small circle. It feels really intimidating and that everyone already knows about you or if something sort of went wrong in a relationship that everyone's worried that that's going to sort of happen again because everyone knows about your relationship or what happened, what went on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't get to come to the table without baggage. Like, it's like everything's too close for comfort, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things we look forward to when it comes to dating is meeting someone new and getting to put forward a new version of ourselves. And that's really hard to do when everyone knows your history. So how can you deal with that? Here's Gem and Sharam again. I guess the other thing is, I don't know if Lily's had this experience, but when you date different people, they bring different things out of you. And just by nature of connecting with different personalities and and people with different interests and different ways of being can help you discover different aspects of yourself. So I guess it depends on 
whether you go into that interaction with this sort of negative view of, oh, my God, this person already knows everything there is to know about me and I feel so ashamed about this, that and the other, or or whether you go into it with a bit of self-acceptance and go, yeah, sure, this person might know some stories about me, but that doesn't mean they know everything there is to know and there's still a lot um, I can explore and I can offer and, and we can actually help each other grow potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Sharon, what do you reckon you do when you've tried everyone out in your small pool like Sam was talking about, you know, like when you've exhausted all options, how do you how do you date? Well, the first thing I want to share just quickly on the other thing, whoever said baggage was a bad word. Mm. That's the one thing I really want to get across here is like we all got history. That's what makes us who we are to to. To say that we shouldn't have baggage is almost to say that we shouldn't have a history. Like to start new is a denial of who we are. But if you want to, like, what can you do? Well, like as much as I'm a person who's like, hey, have you ever thought about meeting people in real life? There are a number of communities. There's like different Reddit communities, for example, where you can put yourself out there even more. It might be online. It might be long distance. But even if it helps you start thinking about relationships in a whole new way, like, oh, I don't have to be in this pool. I can actually meet people in long distance or whatever that's it's like it's all part of like i guess i would say like a perfect perfect path if that makes sense it's sort of like cool like you've met people in your uh in your social circle then you can go online meet people much further away but in more niche communities so you can actually own what you want and be like hey i'm looking for friends with benefits or hey i'm looking for a long-term thing or hey i'm just looking for some validation or hey i'm just looking to expand my circle therefore then you're sort of showing yourself because i really care about like helping people long term right so you show yourself that it's okay, like you've gone done the middle bit, like you've done like the really close thing, then you've mm. done like the long-term thing, like the long-distance thing, and it sort of opens it up at an emotional level. You're, I find people are more capable of accepting relationships if they're like in, in somewhere in between and they end up finding something that's perfect for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joe uh, in Sydney says small town dating is the best. Um, city live uh, city people, in some cases, have lost the art of face to face interaction. However, don't shit where you eat. Well, Joe, that's a bit hard if you're dating in a small place. Pip from Dubbo says it's a nightmare. I took a back seat, um, focused on me and the woman of my dreams. Found me through a local uh, local gardening page on Facebook. So there you go. Um, and someone else here says just stay single. I can't get disappointed then. Um, Jem, you are a, a champion of of embracing singledom. When there's not a whole lot of options around, is is choosing yourself a good one? Absolutely, Nat. It is a myth, I think, that all single people are unhappy and, and singleness is a state of lack where, you know, you're only single because you can't meet somebody. I think it's a perfectly valid choice to choose to be single if you want to and, and you can be very happy and fulfilled. It does require work, just like relationships require work. You've got to put in the effort to take care of yourself and to build a, a social supportive network and make sure you keep yourself, you know, occupied and cared for in the way that I think people in couples might take for granted because they've got a, a ready-made companion there. But it certainly is very possible to do single well and, and to be a really happy single person. It's totally possible. And if dating isn't happening for you right now, whether it's because you don't have many options where you live, or maybe you're just sick of meeting the same kinds of people, 
Taking some time to be happy with you and enjoying being single is something we love to preach. We also love when you preach great topics at us, like this one from Chris. So get in touch with your questions and ideas. You can hit us up on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. And if you're not already, hit follow while you're at it or email the hookup at abc.net.au. Catch you next time.